while I read the scripture, they'll begin to light the candles for us. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace. Dramatic pause. And on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Our Father, as we come before you this morning, I pray that this will not just be a a Christmas sermon, but Lord, as you've touched me with these words, I pray that this will minister to the hearts of your people. I pray that as we prepare our hearts this season for Christmas, as we, Lord, look into your word and look into the true message of Christmas, the sacredness of that hour and that time, the fullness of time. We ask you to bring it alive to us. It's never before. We're closer now than we've ever been to another mile marker in the history, in the prophecies of your word. We know that you will come again very soon. And as we prepare our hearts and as we ask for revival and as we ask, Lord, for you to awaken us to the truths of your sacredness in the word of God that has come to life through the birth of Jesus Christ who's come to this earth. We ask you, Lord, to bless us, strengthen us, guide us, and direct us. And Lord, help us as we desire to be the light and the salt to this earth, that others may know and sense and feel that you are alive and you are real, and that you are there to love them and to forgive them. We ask all of these things as you speak to us by your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The peace of God. And thank you, Angela. What a beautiful song. The peace of God. It's not just a condition, an agreement, a peace treaty. It's not just one of those things. It's not, I wrote this down, it's not an essential oil. It's a a powerful force. The world's idea of peace is fragile. Their, their idea of peace is not something that you and I would lay claim to as being something that, that, is, that is solid, that is tangible, but it is. It's a force. It's not fleeting. It's not fragile. It's something that you and I can embrace, and it's a gift from God, from heaven, peace. The Bible says in Romans 16 and verse 19, For your obedience has become known to all, therefore I am glad on your behalf. But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Romans 15 and 33 says, now the God of peace be with you all. Interesting choice of words. As I put this together, I thought interesting that the announcement that came to the earth that night on that starry hillside where the shepherds were watching it. It wasn't the God of power, the God of might, the God of strength. We know he's all of these things, but the inspired word of the Holy Spirit was, he's the God of peace. 
This morning, as we've lit the candle of peace, we honor the gift of peace. As I begin to mull that over in my spirit, I begin to see and sense what a treasure, what a treasure the angel brought to us with that announcement. Peace on earth. The angel announced three things that night in front of the shepherds on that hill. The plan for God was all laid out in that announcement. He said, the angel said, glory to God in the highest. It'll all come from him. Everything right, everything will be made right. Reconciliation comes back to the heart of men who have failed and fallen. Comes from God. Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. As he was saying this, God the Son comes to earth. The Lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world to save us from our sins. Peace with God the peace of God, and then with his coming, Emmanuel, the the God of peace. So it's peace with God, the peace of God, and they're all different. And then the God of peace that came to us in that one statement, peace comes to earth. The peace that saves us, the peace that makes things right with him, that justifies us, regenerates us, sanctifies us, fills us with his Holy Spirit and causes us to walk a walk of holiness and righteousness. And then he said goodwill toward men. You know, a lot of folks have asked me many times through the years, what does it mean, goodwill toward men? It just simply means it was a, it was a whole new way of living life. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are new. Goodwill comes to men. God receives the glory and the honor to him in the highest. Peace comes to earth reconciliation, salvation, and it changes men. Now there will be goodwill. There will be love people who love God and love people. The whole government changes. The whole living life changes. That's why it's so valuable and so important. And we talk about how Christians are to be different. They're to be a witness. They're to be a light. That's why we talk about transformation and dying to the flesh and laying down those natural things that we naturally just kind of routinely do because of the world and the culture that we live in, but becoming supernaturally empowered by God's peace in order to change our life and be the light and be the witness, the example that we're to be to the entire world. God had a plan. God had a plan. Hope, the first gift at Christmas, was the promise Peace, the second gift at Christmas, was the pathway that God chose. Peace. How amazing. It wasn't power. It wasn't might. It wasn't electricity. It wasn't the glory of God coming down. It was peace. The angels, could have, you would think they might have proclaimed, you know, in the power, the pathway of prosperity, I will bless all my people. I will strengthen them all. I will give them power or any other blessing that could have been chosen. But no, the Lord knew that the thing that man needed the most was peace. Peace with God, which is our gift, the rescue, the salvation that comes through the gift of the Messiah. Peace with God, giving us the peace of God, and then a promise fulfilled that he would never leave us nor forsake us, that he would be Emmanuel, God with us, the God of peace. This beautiful plan, this beautiful 
strategy that he put down for our rescue. The Bible tells us before the worlds were framed, this plan, this strategy was already laid in place, right on schedule. When the fullness of time came, there was one last sacrifice, one last day of atonement, and one last offering that was given, and one last tear for the failures of men, the sins of men, where they had to trust in a form, in a law, in order to bring just temporary, temporary rescue to their lives. Now peace comes to the earth through Jesus. How many of you are thankful for that this morning? Aren't you thankful? Do you ever sit back and stop and just thank the Lord that, that you weren't born in the Old Testament? I mean, we love the Old Testament. And I'm thankful for where we've come from. But I'm thankful that I wasn't born in the Old Testament. I would have loved to have been born right on the cusp of the New Testament so I could have seen Jesus and walked with him, been a disciple. That would have been really cool. But no, I'm thankful for where I am in my life. I'm thankful for the, the age I live in. I'm thankful I'm not riding a horse and buggy to church this morning. I'm thankful that I'm not, you know, I have a microwave at the house. I'm thankful I have a Keurig that I can pop in my little K-cup. I'm thankful for where I'm at. Do you ever stop and count the blessings that have been given to you? Aren't you glad you weren't born in a cave in Afghanistan or in Pakistan? Or maybe you weren't born somewhere where, where you were born into a family that was involved in the occult. I mean, I think of all the things. That's why I've, it's so powerful, that statement that we heard when we were young and little. was says, count your many blessings, name them one by one. We begin to take life seeing the glass half full instead of half empty. If we start living life in light of how we've been blessed, I tell you it'll take a whole new perspective on everything that happens in our lives. The word peace in the dictionary, the word peace means tranquility. It means harmony, serenity, heart's ease. Heart takes her ease, a state of security and order. This is what the word peace means, and this is what we needed. Because you see, peace is exactly what we lost at the, at the fall. When Adam fell in that garden, when he took part in the tasting of the forbidden fruit, he, he lost peace with God. He lost inside of him the peace of God, the fellowship. And then as he was banished from the paradise of God's presence, he lost the God of peace. But God made a way back. And I'm thankful this morning that he made a way back for me, for you. I'm thankful that we have a message to the world that there is hope, that there is salvation, that there is a price that was paid for the sins of the entire world. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but there is a God who loves us and has made a way back for us. We lost peace in the earth, and so it's amazing to me that peace was the gift that he gave, the first gift. Romans 5 and 12 says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all have sinned, we see that God needed and wanted a, re a plan of reconciliation. He wanted there to be a way for us to get back to him, and he made that way. The plan was laid 
And it says in verse 15, if you go down just two more verses, three more verses, it says, but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? That simply says to me this. He says, yes, through one man, sin entered the world. And through that one man's sin, all have sinned and death came to the world. But through that one man, Jesus Christ, the God man, the son of God, not just like that. It isn't just like Adam's fall. He was saying, no, the grace does much more abound. The beauty, the reconciliation, the the plan of God comes to bring many alive from it. It's a beautiful, beautiful message. Peace with God. Salvation that is free. Rescue that comes to us. Peace, as I mentioned in this world, it's fragile. We think in terms of politicians and treaties and uh, all kinds of agreements that are laid down. But you know as well as I do that no sooner than the ink dries many times, we're already wondering if they're going to follow through and stay true to the treaties of this world. Peace seems to be something that's elusive. It's something we seek all through the world as long, far back as I can remember in politics and in every country on, on the television around the world, all you hear is the strife and the turmoil and the civil in, uh, injustice and, and all that's going on, the rages and the protests, all the people crying, screaming for peace. The Bible tells us that especially in the last days we'll be crying out for peace. They'll be screaming out for peace and they'll not find it. You know why? Because peace can't be found in a treaty that you sign. It can't be found in the good works of men. It can't be found in the word of men, but it can be found in the word of God. The power of the Lord that comes to our hearts, our lives, the message that he sends to the earth is what we celebrate at Christmas. It's right for us to clear the stage. It's right for us to prepare our hearts and to get ready in everything that we do from our praise to our messages to our worship to our gifts and our giving to our family time. All of it in every way should give glory and honor to the God of his word, the God of promise and the God of peace. Great peace. Great peace. And And it's an awesome peace. As I said, it's not fragile. It's not something you can lose easily. It's not something easily messed up. No, not this piece. It's like the, the hope that we get as well. I, I mentioned it years ago. I thought of it. You know, we always use the word hope in such a careless way. Well, I hope so. And, and I made clear last Sunday, that's not what we have. Don't see it as that. Well, I hope the Lord can heal. Well, I hope he can save. Well, I hope they'll get their life together. Let me tell you, anyone who kneels at the cross of Jesus Christ with a repentant and true heart, he will in no wise cast out. He loves his people, and he's searching for all of us, wanting all of us to understand and know his great love, his peace. It's great peace. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Now that may not bless you like it did me. Brother James, when I read that, it says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. When I read that, I saw peace coming to me from every angle. 
I saw it coming from above, from below, from around, every angle, my family, my friends, my life, my business, everything around me. How many of you know the blessing he's talking about, the peace that he's giving to us is a peace that's there when you walk away from the cemetery. It's there when you walk away from the party. It's there when you're on the mountain and it's there when you're in the valley. It's a peace that surpasses all understanding. When everything around you says chaos, when everything around you says trouble and turmoil, when everything around you is crying, give up, give in, lay down, throw in the towel, it's the peace peace, wonderful peace of God that says, hang on, help is on the way. That's our peace and that's our God. Peace coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit forever, I pray, in fathomless billows of love. It's a multifaceted peace. It helps us when we're in the helicopter headed to the hospital. It's peace that nobody can understand. It's peace that those nurses didn't understand as you began to heal and had a great attitude and continued to care. You didn't understand that. It wasn't natural for you to be that way, Jennifer. But, oh, the power of the peace of God that ruled in your heart, that knowing that no matter what you had to face ahead of you, you knew that you knew that you knew God had not left you. His peace was a constant comfort, and that's a peace that goes deep, a many-sided blessing. A peace that is it saturates, it, it penetrates, it goes deep, it goes high. It is like the love of God. It's never ending. Every gift of God is sure, and it's something powerful that goes deep than, deeper than any other gift or promise you've ever seen in this life. A deep, a, a deep tranquility of soul, a resting in God. A resting that says everything's going to be okay. Oh, I trust that you have experienced what I'm talking about because there are way too many Christians who are living life, especially in these cold, dark, indifferent, complacent times. I'm seeing Christians as never before who are waxing cold. I'm seeing Christians in this hour when we are closer than we have ever been to the coming of the Lord. I'm seeing them get cold and indifferent. I'm seeing them take on the, na the nature of the old man. I'm seeing the old man standing up to run churches, to be a part of ministries and to fill pews. I'm seeing that there is a need of a great awakening this morning, a great understanding that there is peace that comes down from the Father above and we must let the peace of God rule in our hearts. Rule in our hearts. Psalm 119 verse 165 says, great peace have they who love your law. Nothing shall offend them or make them stumble. Now that is a high, tall order. That's a high order. Great peace, mighty peace, much peace. I looked up what the word meant there and it, it said captain. In the Strong's Concordance it said the captain, captain of our peace or the airman of our peace. The captain. And it also used another word that I thought was, it blessed me. It says, enough. Enough. If you've never looked at God's peace as being enough, it's enough. God's peace will carry you through. The kind of peace that I'm talking about will deep settle inside of your soul, bringing rest, bringing deliverance. 
bringing a deep sense of satisfaction that comes. It doesn't mean that we don't have trouble. It doesn't mean that we don't have turmoil. We don't go through seasons of, of seeing things and understanding uh, valleys and things like that. But we understand and know we don't fear the judgment of God. We don't fear or run from those confrontations. We know that we know the power of the Holy Spirit is within us. We know that that wall of partition has been removed, that the sins that once separated us have been blotted away from us. We know that we have peace with God. We know that we have the peace of God, and we know we have the God of peace. He's reigning in our lives. So now fervent love reigns in our hearts. Peace that casts out fear. We don't walk in fear when we're walking in this experience I'm talking about. You don't walk in, in a doubting and a depressive state. You don't walk in this anxiety-filled life and culture that we find ourselves in today. Christians are living beneath their standards. They're living beneath their means. We have got to understand the power of God that is at work in us. He, the reason he desires us to live in this peace and to live out this peace is because it comes from him. And when we know that we are filled full of him, then we can do what that word says when it says run through a troop, leap over a wall. We can, we can drink any deadly thing and it shall not hurt us. The power and the righteousness of God in us causes us to be unstoppable. Unstoppable. And you say, well, that's not me today. Pastor, I'm worried now. Your, your message was supposed to inspire me. It's supposed to help me. But now I, you're telling me that I'm supposed to be, be joyful and full of this peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm supposed to live in this constant state of satisfaction and contentment. I don't understand. I, I can't do that. I'm living beneath that now. So what am I to say? Am I failing God? Am I falling through the cracks? No. You just need one more time. One more time to get a fresh glimpse at who he is in your life. It's not that you have failed him. It's not that you're living beneath your means necessarily. It's that you have to one more time remember that the work of God in us, that work he's accomplishing, he's doing in us. It says let the peace of God rule in your heart. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Peace starts in us when we are born again. When Jesus comes into our life, he changes us. At Christmas when the message came down and the shepherds went running, when the, all the, the accolades and, and even Herod and, and his craziness and insanity trying to make sure that he could, he could kill that child, he, he knew there was a difference. He knew something had changed in the earth and something did change in the earth. The Bible says when the fullness of time had come, no more sacrifices, no more offerings, no more did the priests go behind that veil. That veil, that veil would be later ripped in two. As you and I understand and know, a new and living way has come to the earth. God's grace, God's love, God's mercy came roaring down through the heavens, like riding like on a horse, and came to the rescue of his children. And that promise and that message is still the same message that we preach from this pulpit this morning, that that Savior has come. Not another Savior, not a Savior from the history books, but that Savior who said, I will never leave.
leave you nor forsake you. I'll go with you all the way to the end of the age. That God that is here in this house this morning, that same Holy Spirit that filled the disciples in the upper room is the same Holy Spirit that is here in this house this morning. And he is honored and glorified in this place. He points it all back to the peacemaker, the peace speaker, Jesus Christ, who came and gave us this gift that we celebrate this morning. Don't get sidetracked by the world. Don't let them mess with your theology. Don't let them cause you to be weak and indifferent and faint along the wayside. Jesus is coming. I can almost see the angel as he gets ready with the trumpet. I can almost hear the rustling that's going on in heaven even now as the angels of the Lord are aware that something fantastic is getting ready to happen. As surely as they gathered around the, the balconies of heaven for that night of proclamation, he was born in Bethlehem. There is another gathering that will soon be filling the eastern sky as you and I understand and know the prince of peace is coming for his children. Come on, say amen. Amen. It's real peace. Real peace. Peace for restless hearts. Peace for people who, who try to fill up their life. They run to and fro everywhere trying to find things to fill that hole in their life. Let me tell you, every man, every woman born on the face of this earth, not one gets away from this. Everyone, God has that hole in their heart that only God can fill. Everyone has it. Oh, they run from it. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk to you about it. They get away from it. They were raised in it and they run when they get older like the prodigal son did. But they've all got that hole. They've all got that need in their life. God created every human being with the breath of life. One, Psalm 139 tells us about how carefully and how beautifully and wonderfully we are made. But I'm telling you, that same God put within all of us a need for our heavenly father. Don't you remember the story of the prodigal? Don't you remember when he got out there and he wanted his own way, wanted his own life, wanted to rebel against everything he'd ever known? He got out there like so many do. And he gets out there and spends it all in the wrong places, going to the parties, just doing whatever he wanted to do. Get away from all that that was trying to uh, hold me down and chain me down. I'm free now. So free, he ended up in the middle of the pig's pen, eating some of the husks, whenever he could steal one from the pigs. A Jewish boy in a pig's pen, the ultimate irony. But it didn't, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to go back to my father so I can live in plenty. I'm going to go back to my father so I can live on a nice ranch. I'm going to go home to my father so that I can, can get back on track and get back to my life and have a good life. No. He said, I'm going to go back to my father. And I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against you. I've sinned against heaven. And I'm no more worthy to be called your son. You see, inside the heart, the soul of every human being, is the need for relationship with God. That beautiful example. He didn't want his life anymore. He didn't want his part of the inheritance anymore. He didn't care about any of that. He wanted his relationship back. 
He said, I'm not worthy to be called your son. But oh, the love of God. And the beautiful example that he gives us in the word there. It says, when the father saw him yet a great distance away, he ran. You see, you need to hear that this morning. God's love is so amazing. Doesn't matter how far away you've gotten. Doesn't matter how distant you've become. Doesn't matter what path you took. The pathway to peace is just as close as you just turning towards home. Because before he ever got there, it says, while he was yet a great distance, the father saw him and ran, fell on him and kissed him on the neck. Brought him back and said, bring my son a robe, the finest robe. Bring a ring, a family ring, and put it on his hand. Get him some shoes for his feet. Kill the fatted calf. And let's eat and make merry. For my son who was lost has been found. My son who was dead It's now been made alive. We see the need in every life and in every heart. We see the need, the example that is there for us. God's mercy, his grace comes roaring down through the heavens. Peace comes as peace. That's the pathway. Peace with God. To give peace of God. And then to walk beside me, the God of peace, all the days of my life. For Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Peace with God. Reconciliation. Redemption. Peace of God. I'm clean. I'm washed. I'm forgiven. I'm made a new creature in Christ. We could stop right there. And praise for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And it wouldn't be enough. To thank him for cleansing the guilt away. For washing away the transgressions and the iniquity. The selfishness. Most sin is just selfishness. It's taking care of number one. It's looking out for me. It's getting your eyes off of others. And all the important priorities of life and existence and purpose. And it's saying... I want to live for me right now. That's what the prodigal did. But in that process, he broke peace with God. He no longer had relationship with his father. But all he wanted in the world was that restoration. And the Lord came running. Peace with God that brought the marrying, the eating, the celebration, the party. And we won't even talk about the other brother that needed Knocked upside the head. Joy always follows the peace. But that's next week's message. We're not going to go there today. Joy comes. Sorrow may engulf the night, but peace, joy comes in the morning. The presence of God, the power of God, being right with God. Being at peace with God. Having the peace of God. Knowing that the God of your peace 
is wicked. Emmanuel, God with us. Powerful statements we read in the word of God. As I get ready to close, help me out here. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. The God of peace. The God of peace is with you. The God of peace is with Ryan. God of peace is with Spencer. God of peace has been with Trevor. We prayed for him every day, and here he is, safe and sound. Every day we prayed for him. The peace of God, the God of peace. All of this gifted to the promise and message of Christ come to the earth. David said, David said, I know he's with me. And because he's with me, I can fight. I can go through it. Thou art with me. The shadow of a dog can't bite you. The shadow of death can't even hurt you. If the God of peace is with you. It's beautiful. I hope you're getting it. I'm, I'm up here ready to start blubbering. The God of peace. All the way to the church house this morning, I was singing that song about mercy. Mercy came running. So thankful that he found me. So thankful that he loves me. Thankful that he has blessed my life. A many-sided blessing. It's peace in the good times and in the bad times. Peace when I'm up on the mountain, peace when I'm in the valley. Peace when I'm in turmoil and trouble and peace when I'm so ecstatic I can't hardly stand it. Peace, the God of peace. So I want you to stand with me if you will. There's nothing more beautiful to see the saints of God when they live out this peace, knowing that they have peace with God, the peace of God that works outside of them to everybody else around them, and that the God of peace is with them. There's nothing more beautiful than that. The greatest example I've seen of that lately, and I'm always putting little snippets of illustrations in my, in my head and in a pocket in my heart. We stood at the funeral home just a couple of weeks ago the Willard Davis I stood back and I watched him as everybody came through to pay their last respects and then finally there at the end he got up little man, little usher just a short little guy but man what a giant he is he walks over to the casket Sister Butta Lee who had been by his side for I think 60 some years, 68 years I think reached down and he kissed her and stepped back from her and said I'll see you soon and the next thing he did was he lifted both of his hands and he said glory to God hallelujah right there he sat and I watched him I said now that is peace
peace. That's the kind of peace I'm talking about. That's what he gave to us at Christmas. Peace. Peace with God. The peace of God. The God of peace that stands with me and walks with me everywhere I go. How thankful and grateful should we be. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Sing that, Gary. Father, we come to you this morning on this Christmas Sunday morning. We ask you, Lord, as we're preparing our hearts just weeks prior to the actual day that we celebrate, we thank you that Christmas is already coming to us. Week by week, as we prepare our hearts, as we get ready, we're looking, Lord, to your word. We're looking to that night. We're considering the shepherds. We're considering, Lord, the wise men and the, the inn in Bethlehem considering the gifts that you brought to us through the promise of the Messiah. We honor you today and we thank you. Lord, it changes us. It, it speaks to us. It challenges us today. We must live out the gifts that you've given to us. What good is a gift if it's not been opened? So Lord, I thank you this morning for the gifts. And I pray for every family represented here today. Pray for every heart, every life, that you will touch them and minister to the needs they have in their life as they trust you through it all. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, I wouldn't close this service without giving you an opportunity to have peace with God. If you're here today and you need Christ in your life, you've come to this morning service. You've heard what we've talked about and the word of God has challenged you. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is here and God is knocking on your heart's door. If you're here to, for things to be made right with you and God in peace through the reconciliation of your life to his through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice, then I would ask you to just slip, slip up your hand and write back down. We're going to pray a prayer with you this morning. Are you here and you'd say, I want things right with God? Is there anyone at all? Just a few moments, we'll wait. If there's anyone that would need or want to have peace with God in this service. All right. Richard, why don't you close us in prayer this morning? Amen. What a beautiful message of peace this morning. What a beautiful message. We are going to uh, switch gears here, but I want to remind you of something. We have helped uh, nearly 80 families 
Uh, actually, more than that, if you count abilities first with Christmas this year, we have been putting ornaments on a tree, and you wonderful folks have been coming by and taking those. There is just a few more. We are winding down, you know, kind of getting to the end of this because we have to turn everything around and, and distribute it. So we're down to just a few people on the tree that need some help. If you want to go by there and grab those, it'll have a, a list. You know, it tells you what you need to get. You just sign your name off and bring those by the office. I believe that uh, I was told they want them by Wednesday. If you're able to do that and help us out, uh, there's so much that we can do to make a difference in people's lives. And, and a lot of times things go unsaid, but we want you to know that there's been a huge impact. And here's the pastor now. I just want to say Merry Christmas. You know why? I thought that clock was wrong. It is almost 10 after 10, and we have dismissed the service. So somebody owes me a donut, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. (laughs) 